Today's episode of Moeo on the Run is with my good friend, Michael Stevenson. I have known Michael basically my whole life. We grew up together. We played baseball together, football, basketball, everything. We played everything you could think of on Saturday mornings. We all lived close together, and we've no, well, I've known him for basically my whole life. And uh, just a couple of months ago, we ran 40 miles together to celebrate the 40th year anniversary of our high school graduation. So I hope you tune into this episode. We talk about so many things. We talk about faith. We talk about what brings you to faith. We talk about injuries. We talk about what changes your mind to make you change, to get fit and feel better and be better uh, as a human being. And so stay tuned for me and Michael Stevenson. All right, it is Moeo on the Run podcast, and I am with my boy, Michael Stevenson. What's up, Mikey? Hey, Dr. Weaver. So It's awesome. I'm glad to be able to uh, be a part of this, and hopefully we can talk about some things that are uplifting, inspiring to those listening. So oh, thanks gonna, for having me. I, think oh, I appreciate it. We're going to hash it out. You know what's funny is people may know, people may not know, we've known each other since we were little bitty. And where we probably knew each other the best was exactly where we're running right now, <laughs> no doubt. We are running at Hatbox. point, yeah. Through Hatbox, we're on a paved road, which I think when we played for Moe's, this was dirt. This was, yeah. This I don't think there was roads back in I this corner. Was roads. I think there were some open fields here. One of them we used to practice on, and he would... They made us practice in the worst fields. <laughs> they said, Pepsi can have that field way over there. Yeah, they... Uh, they didn't do a lot of favors for Pepsi back no, no. in the day. Uh, but anyway, we we sure enjoyed it and great memories back in the day. I can still remember Moe's throwing us uh, BP and us uh, shagging balls and chasing rabbits and all that <laughs> stuff, man. Uh, good times with all the Pepsi guys that hopefully some are listening now even. So, you know... You and I both have coached our own kids and coached other kids, but I just hope that I was able to coach half as good as Moe's coached us in showing us how to be a man and how to be a an adult that cared about the lives of the kids that he was in charge of, no doubt. I remember thinking about that so many times. I was the league president out here for a couple years for the baseball league and, and here at Hatbox, and I thought the same thing. I wanted to, I wanted to be that kind of coach that uh, not only wanted the kids to perform, but wanted them to be successful on and off the field, you know, and um, and obviously most was like that, and, and I remember thinking I wanted the coaches that were coaching other teams to feel that same way, that's, I don't know if you remember, but we uh, we did a small honor for Moe's before the, that second season that I was the uh, league president, and we, we had him out, 
uh, to her baseball meeting with her coaches and he just was smiling and uh, he was older at the time and he didn't have all of his all of his mental facilities still but he really had a good time and I'd brought some pictures I'd found at my mom and dad's and and he kept them. <laughs> he was looking through those, and he really was treasuring them. I could tell. So, uh, but yeah, what a yeah, what a good time we had here. Of course, you lived. We can see oh, your house, house right, right now. now as we're running yeah. through. And, and uh, this was where we practiced, right? Yeah, right in here, across the street from the water park. Yes. Now it's softball fields. It was just a half mode field with a yes, with a uh, barbed wire fence that we'd try to hit the ball over. Yeah, we tried all kinds of things, yeah. But you know, it was different in those days. There wasn't tournament baseball. There wasn't, you know, no. you had your 16 games or whatever it was. And uh, and maybe there was something at the end of the year. Maybe it was just six flags or something yeah, like that. Yeah, usually something. And we had good times on those kind of, those, those times too as well, you know. You know, it brings up... Uh, an aspect that is certainly different when my kids were playing soccer and your kids were going through when we were little you played everything played everything because seasons were short we played baseball from what april to july the 4th yeah seemed like they always had an all-star game july 4th or somewhere around that yeah yep. then it was over then you went on to playing football and then when it was over, you played kind of a break and basketball, you took vacations, and then you came yep. back for football. For you know, again, I think we played, you know, in the football, we played like probably like eight games. Well, yeah, you know, not very many. And then toy, that that probably includes the toy bowl at the end of the season. Yeah, you know, which was kind of a big deal. Uh, well, you know, even in high school those days, they didn't start practicing high school football till two a days two days yep. there wasn't all this seven v seven and oh no you know and so, so everybody could play every sport you got and you it was really encouraged yeah because that's the way you oh, stayed in, you that's the way you stayed in were, shape the coaches were there yes they coached multiple sports they wanted you to play uh, as much as you could we really didn't have much weightlifting it started to come in a little bit there yeah. in high school but it's not near it was just real in its infancy and beginning when you talk about that so there really wasn't a chance to burn yourself out on a specific sport no because it didn't last long enough but i know when my kids were playing soccer it was year-round. Yeah, year-round. We played year-round. I know now Mitch was a little bit more. He played baseball and football. And basketball when and he was younger. And basketball when he was younger. Yeah. And then, but it was certainly, you know, 60 to 70 games. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we got, we practiced a lot more than that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, we, they worked pretty hard. Uh, and the coaches worked hard because we had to. You know, we we had batting cages, and we had kids, all kids doing something at one time, you know, at the same time, and nobody standing around trying to keep everybody busy. Yeah. And so 
uh, it was it was quite the thing. And then, you know, it's football. You know, they they started having all the summer workouts, and you still had some summer baseball always. So, yeah, it was quite different. What do you think? What do you think is gained or lost now? By the way things are done where you just pretty much the coaches want you to stay in that sport you know it, it not be as diverse yeah that's a that's an interesting question in in the sense that you know i, I think about me you know and what we did you, know, you played all the sports uh hey heck we i even played soccer two years that's right uh, it was our club team, first one they ever had at Muskogee, and I don't remember, uh, Steve Allen, Andrew, some, someone talked me into it, and, uh, but, but uh, I learned to play tennis one summer, um, and uh, obviously got J JB, John Barry, to be a tennis partner when my brother wouldn't go. And uh, uh, and I know I, I know John passed that on to his kids. Yeah, they both played college good, tennis. Very good tennis players. Yeah, um, but uh, we learned right there, Rotary Park, uh, one summer, and uh, golf did the golf thing as well one summer, uh, and so that gave me all the this basic skills and uh, understanding of the game and uh, trying to hit the help you to hit the ball straight <laughs> we got we hopefully we got some fans out there not people trying to run us over <laughs> we got some few honks but uh yeah it's just uh i think that you know when i look at mitch in comparison he he didn't get a chance to, you know, really learn how to, you know, pick up some of those other sports that, heck, he may have been very good at, uh, and uh, really, in, or just really enjoyed later on in life. Yeah, uh, but and, I think and, that's the thing you never know is yeah. who's going to develop a what sport. Like my kids, my middle three all played soccer at the highest level that they could play at their ages and it was a it was a year-round deal and you know when you're practicing three days a week when you're you know adolescent then there's no time to play football in the fall or no. basketball so they never played those other sports and they full-on went all in soccer but you always wonder how would you be with the maybe the other sports would have been even something they loved more yep but I think the problem is, unless you're just a great athlete nowadays, you, you can't to, play them all. You have to pick. You really do. Pretty quick, too. Even in high school. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then there's the other side of the coin. A young man who's a great friend of mine, Jackson Whitaker, great athlete, played every sport, and was really good at every sport, but there's always a part of me thinking... If he would have focused on one sport, yes, the type of athlete he is, there's yes. no doubt in my mind he would have been a Division One athlete. Yes, 
But to his credit, he wanted to play all of them. Yeah. And he did. And he played them all. But, you know, it's just like this. Just like in just any aspect of life, there's this balancing act. What are you gonna what are you gonna give up to gain something else, you know? It is a balancing act. Life is like that. We we make those decisions even now. Yeah. You know, trying to you know, we we both have five children. Uh, you know, our balance has been for them, no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, especially uh, before they got out of the house. But, uh, and ours all, all are now, you, you still have your daughter, but, uh, but yeah, so that balance is important. But at the same time, you know, uh, it struck me when you were talking about, you know, uh, if we can, you know, uh, focus our efforts on one thing and and that's what I've I think that's what I've kind of resolved to do in some ways uh, even though we're we're both 58 now 40 years after high school uh, and athletically have seen better days in a lot of ways uh, but but still wanting to get out there, wanting to push yourselves, uh, wanting to reach for new heights maybe, the things that we haven't been uh, done or had new dreams that we, that we want to accomplish and achieve. Um, so that's the balance now is, yeah, how much, uh, how much time can I give to those new dreams, new opportunities, uh, and, and yet, uh, uh, still be a father, a husband, uh, and a provider. All those, you know, those things that are important to uh, we know, obviously. So, but you know, so you know, you think about. I've wanted to. You know, I got. I got injured. Uh, in college with an ACL. I fought through it, finally got surgery a few years later. Uh, it didn't turn out as, you know, as way, and probably, probably it wasn't great rehabbing, but, and maybe the surgery didn't work as well either. Well, it was a lot different in the 80s. Yeah, and it was a different sure. surgery. Obviously, I've got massive scars on my knee. Uh, and I've had to have several surgeries after. Uh, but, uh, and then, kind of got where I couldn't even be the weekend warrior anymore of going and playing church league basketball and pickup games at the YMCA or, you know, we lived in Norman after graduating from OU and uh, just, I started getting where I couldn't do that without, you know, having having a major setback with my knee. So I got to a point where I was inactive. I was just being a father, a husband, uh, and putting a lot into uh, work in a new company. And and not and finally getting to a point where 
I thought, ah, you know, my, my health, it's just on the back burner. And, you know, you don't change your, you know, immediately you don't change your eating or your lifestyles. And, heck, Weaver, I, I was 255. Now I'm 6'3", but 255, 260, that's still... Way and it doesn't take big. long yeah, way to, to fall into that position. And you saw me in that yeah. stage. And, you know, I could... Well, I know your knee hurt a lot more then. Yeah, I could not. I couldn't. I felt like I, I was limited because my knee, uh, you know, surgery about every other year, you know, to clean it out, to do this and that. Uh, but then, the, uh, you know, Mitch was gotten to high school, and I thought, okay, I've got to, you know, I've got to be better. This is, you know, I, can't, I don't even like to look at myself in the mirror. This is, you get out of the shower, and you're going, this, I can't, I can't take this. This is horrible. So Mitch but was he, kind of a driving force to but, get you to kind of... Yeah, so I got back with the gym, yeah. taking him, and started dropping down. And got down to, I don't know, probably 230, 225. And then I had another injury. This is when I had my back. Yep. And you were there to help me through it, get me set up on. But when that happened, and luckily, you and other doctor friends, I had a great outcome from my back surgery. But I thought to myself at that point, this, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to be this guy that's constant in back pain, that can't do anything. Okay, so that's a great work. point. That there's a great point. I because just, you I'm said, not going to do that. That's, the, that's, that's all I want to touch on because you said, okay, you were, you had to play basketball, you had to play team sports or what that and what I see is a lot of people who love to play team sports, whether it be basketball or football or baseball, they they get to play their beyond high school, then they're gonna play some church softball or some church basketball or whatever. But then when they get to the point where maybe just too many aches and pains to do that, they don't look for another avenue for their fitness. They just decide that's what I always love to do. I can't do it. So I'm just not going to do anything. I'm just, too many people accept, well, I'm just getting old. Exactly. And I'm not going to do anything. Whereas, in your standpoint, you're saying, okay, I got to a point, I'm seeing my son getting to this age. I've got injuries. I've got, I can't speak to injuries like you've had because I've never had them. But you've got a knee without an ACL that's had multiple surgeries. You've got a back that's been injured. But even in spite of that, you come to the point where you say, I can't do this. I can't live like this. Well, I, I, so I you made the choice. And I see other people like where I'm at. And then on the other side of that, 180 degrees, I see this old friend of mine that's in great shape. He looks like an Adonis. He's going to... I'm following running the Boston Marathon several different times, and that's you. And I'm going, wait a minute, what do you want to be? Yeah, what's, what do, what, yeah. What, what's your life going to be like? Yeah. You want this that I'm at now, 
or do you want this where Dr. Weaver's at? And I didn't know what I could do, but I know I this. I wasn't going to say where I was at. Right. I just wasn't going to do it. And I remember thinking, okay, Dr. Fulham Leiter has said, just walk. Mm -hmm. Go outside and walk. And I, I had it. walked and walked and walked every day. Didn't miss. Was walking every day. And finally, I said, I see Jack running. I see other people running. And it's inspiring to see them do that. Uh, maybe I can run this next lap. This next block. And that's what happened. I started running, jogging. I better lose Use the word running loosely there. Hey, but that's like the step. I mean, that's the next step, you know? And there's this, uh, there's this <clears throat> Japanese idea called Kaizen. Kaizen is two words. It means change and better. Change for the better. And the idea is little changes. So, you know, people decide, well, I'm going to start working out. I'm going to start trying to lose weight. And they decide, I'm going to go to the gym and do an hour workout. No. You don't start at zero and go to there. I had a guy the other day <clears throat> trying to get him to walk to lose weight. I said, how far can you walk? He said, I can walk to my mailbox and back. It's about 30 yards there, 30 yards back. I said, tomorrow, walk to your mailbox, take one step beyond it, turn around and come back. Next day, keep doing that one step. And what happens is people decide... Oh, I can do one step more. Why can't I do two? Why exactly. can't I do three? And that's like you're saying. I'm walking. Why can't I try jogging a little bit? I started jogging. I jogged a block. And I thought, you know, I hated running when we, were, when we had to run for sports. Uh, right. For baseball or football, whatever it was. And, you know, that wasn't too bad. <laughs> And well, you didn't have to get on the line, as no. Coach yeah. used to say. <laughs> on the line, <laughs> run. But you know, it just uh, it just grew from there. That was about ten years ago now, and uh, I just slowly started running, and eventually got where I thought, okay, I'm not I'm not a speedster, but I can go do some races, and started doing the five Ks. Uh, uh, the halves, uh, or the 10Ks, the halves, 15Ks, even the port to fort. And, uh, you know, you finally took me. I think we, you did my first half with me. We went to Tulsa and did yep. that one. Yep. And that was a, a big step, obviously. Well, let's talk about port to fort. Oh, man. Well, that was. I'm running port to fort. Michael's running it too. I jump in and swim, come out of the water ahead of Michael. I'm on the run. I'm still ahead of Michael. I get on the bike. On the run. It's muddy, been raining, there's all these huge puddles. I am scared to death on the bike. And I am just barely going, creeping through the pedals, puddles, and all of a sudden I hear, <laughs> I turn around. Michael looks like Lance Armstrong coming through the puddles. Blows past me, beats me by like an hour, <laughs> and I'm barely cruising through the pedals. 
he was like kamikaze puddle master well one thing i didn't do growing up was i mean i'd never raced a bike or anything like right. that road bikes yes road bikes to baseball and football practice uh out to uh to go fishing at honor heights park early on saturday mornings with with john barry uh, but so i rode a lot of bike but my my edge on the bike was as a as a missionary for the church i rode a bike for almost two years okay and i got really good at it now where did you do your mission this was in the Oakland, California area. Oakland. So there's some hills. So I was, yeah. So there's there some ups and downs. Mount Diablo in my first area that I got to cruise up and down occasionally on. And I got where I could just, I was pretty, pretty stout at doing that. Do the hills uh, and and I could go fast. Uh, and, and I felt like I had some, you know, back then there was, you know, very few guys that, you know, unless you were one of those big biker guys that had the jerseys and the helmet and the clip shoes, didn't have any of that. But certainly when we'd seen those guys riding around out there, I, I could be with them or better than uh, the ones that we, that we came around anyway. Right. So I, I had some confidence on the bike, even though, I hadn't ridden one in a long time. I had ridden, I'd ridden earlier that week, a couple days. Definitely not in the mud. Borrowed a bike and just realized, okay, I can do this. It came back, you know, because I've done it for almost two years, uh, you know, as a, uh, a 20 year old. You know, it's funny about, I think a lot of that comes down to mindset and like your familiarity like yes. my mindset in running is i mean i'm all i don't care i'll just i'll burn myself to the ground running i have no fear running but on the bike i have this fear because i'm not a great bike handler in it so it's the mindset like on that day i could see you weren't concerned about falling you were concerned about going hard and my mindset defeated me that day. You were going, because what happens if? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm more worried about what could happen. I, think, I did have falls in that day. <laughs> yeah, but you just get up and keep going. Mine was like, if I'm gonna have a fall, it's gonna be soft. You know, yeah. I'm yeah. not gonna, I'm not gonna crank through it. Yeah, it was pretty treacherous. I think that was this, when we had a seven mile bike. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, and uh, we had a, and what we have we had a seven mile kayak too that was into yep. the wind that was absolutely yeah. brutal that was the worst <laughs> yeah those the times for that port to fort were like way different than the times for other people's port to fort uh oh but i was, also yeah. went out on the trail earlier that week and biked so i knew i knew from that experience even though it wasn't muddy it hadn't rained yet I knew what I needed to do, uh, and and had a little bit of familiarity with it, like you said. But right, yeah, that was. I knew you were gonna beat me in the water, 
and certainly on the run but uh i thought maybe on the bike and kayak we can i can catch back up somehow yeah it's my you know it's just i mean it's mindset it's you, you know and there's been ports of force where i've beaten people on the on everything till they get to the paddle and i'm just not comfortable with the paddle and people pass me in the yeah. paddle and yeah. it comes down to mindset so you know we talked earlier i love to talk about when i'm talking to people about their life and their lifestyle and stuff i love to talk about the five f's of friends family food fitness and faith we've been hitting fitness yes i want to talk about faith okay you uh, belong to the church of latter-day saints yes where where did you come to that like tell me that well i loved i heard in your on your previous uh mojo on the runs uh when you brought up the five f's and i thought that is so perfect i love that uh friends family fitness food food <laughs> faith all that was just awesome but i plays in yeah and uh they all have a a passion of mine and i and through the past 30 something years i've probably 40 years i've uh i've dedicated time to each of those in a lot of ways uh, so as far as faith you know i have to my senior year was uh was one of lots of regrets High school? Lots, yes, of okay. high school. Uh, lots of difficulties. Uh, lots of bad decisions. Uh, still good times mixed in there. No Y'all can listen to some of those bad decisions if you watch our 40-mile run. <laughs> <laughs> lots of good times. Lots of great friends, you know, that you cherish and remember. But at the same time, there was some really troubling things that, that, I, that I got myself into. And, uh, you know, faith was, was way back in my mind of things I needed to do at that point. And so when that happens, I know I, I watched you and Philip run and talk and there's times where you just hit a low and you know it can come to each of us it's different in ways it can come uh, but i certainly had a low there i uh i felt like i failed uh, in athletically i felt like i failed oh Spiritually, I wasn't even trying, obviously. Uh, and I was probably trying to do the opposite. But I had, you know, you have dreams. You know, I think about, you know, being a young boy. We, we played in your backyard or down at Charlie, o, Charlie O's house or at the backyard of the Deville Motel. <laughs> and, you know, you had these dreams. I wanted to... Uh, be a defensive end at the University of Oklahoma, play for Barry Switzer. You know, I wanted to uh, 
Steve Rogers style back uh, for, for, for the Cowboys. Uh, or you wanted to play uh, with Dale Murphy and Atlanta Braves. You know, all these, these kind of stories that you had growing up. And, and that, that just hit me that those dreams, my senior year, I wasn't close. <laughs> I didn't measure up. I didn't have uh, any kind of uh, ability. But more important, I didn't have the drive. I didn't have the uh, discipline to do those kind of things. And, you know, it, so I had this regret. I have this down period of time. And, you know, when those things happen, you know, sometimes you just, for whatever purpose, reason, a you know, door, something opens. A chance for redemption comes. Opportunity. Yes, opportunities. And that was part of meeting my now wife. You know, I, I met her in the middle of all this that was going on. Uh, hey guys, she didn't uh, uh, commit to me or, or, or anything like that. That was a, it was a long process. But in that process, I started thinking about what kind of person do you want to be? You know, what, what are your goals now? Uh, these things that you unrealistically probably had uh, and haven't happened and not going to happen, what, what are you going to do? What do you want to be? And I didn't want to be on the same road I was at, put it that way. I didn't want to uh, be a person that was in and out of relationships and, and divorced and had kids. I didn't want to be that kind. I didn't want to do that. I saw that as a, as a young child. Uh, and uh, that, those are some haunting memories as a small boy. Some of those things. When you have a single mother uh, trying to raise you, uh, divorced, and it's uh, dating, is in college. Uh, it was just, you know, those things stuck out. I wanted something a lot more than I had. And here's this, what I, it looked to me, and I still think it's pretty, pretty close to uh, what could be perfect is this, this amazing family. Kelly, her parents, right. her family, her, bro her six brothers. And what an example. I mean, uh, convicted uh, to live righteously, uh, live uh, in a way that's 
in harmony with the teachings of Christ, uh, live uh, uplifting others, thinking about others, serving others more than themselves. And that just, I couldn't get away from that because that's not how I grew up. And that just, just, just was in my, got in my heart and got in my mind how, how this is out there. And yet I had no idea that people, you know, I know uh, people, uh, great people, and, but I was able to actually see it. And it kind of, it kind of makes me think of when I've heard it said before, the best way, I don't know how they say it, you should show people Christ every day and sometimes use words. <laughs> that's right? Exactly. I mean, right. you see how, words. That's right. how they live, yeah. and that's what drew you to a no family doubt. of faith. No doubt. And it set me on a path that some at the time, and maybe still do, I can see some flaws or think that there's flaws in it, and I get it. It's it's not it's not your standard Christian faith because there's more to it, you know, as far as living apostles and prophets and a restoration of the gospel that is unlike. Uh, most modern Christian faiths, right? Um, and so I, I understand the, the skepticism or the disbelief, but for me, I mean, it it's put me on a brand new course and a course where it changed my priorities. It changed how I wanted to live. As far as being a husband, as far as being a father, all that stemmed from that. From that change, it set me uh, to do that. A couple uh, of things that are interesting with what you said is that I, I look back at not only people that were our age, but people that I've seen and taken care of high school athletes for the last 30 years. There's this point where People were so invested in this dream that, you know, when we're kids playing in the backyard, we don't look at the statistics of how many people are going to play professional oh, football. No. No. You know, we don't yeah. see that. We see the dream, but we also don't see how hard you have to work. I mean, no. I think about how oh, most of these guys were just born with it, but there's a few, but no, that's a full-on sacrifice work and yeah. so I always think of I'll bring him up because I love him to death and I'm mourning for him every day Braxton Owens oh yes Braxton was a beautiful young man heart of gold enthusiastic I mean he was the core strength of the Muscogee football team oh, yes. and he was a great linebacker yeah Definitely a college prospect. 
we went to college and figured out in college that he wasn't quite measuring up because I've had this talk with him on many occasions. And yeah, probably a little undersized, probably undersized, not but as athletic as you know, maybe, but that was his that was his his thing, right? And so he told me that when this started to fade and he got injured and he could clearly see this wasn't gonna be the path, he lost himself. He didn't know who he was because yeah. he'd always been Braxton, a star football player, and he lost it and he got involved in drugs and got completely lost. One really, really bad decision. Beat up a man, stole his money, ended up in prison. Yeah. I stood in the courtroom and spoke for him. He ended up getting out after. I think it was about five, six years. But in the prison, he came to know Christ. Yeah. And it changed his life. And those last few years in the prison, he was on the upswing. Yes. And then he got out, and our society will not forget. No. And he can't get a job. No. And he can't do something to make him feel like a dad, a man, because he had a son and a wife, and uh, ends up taking his own life. Yeah. You know, because, and so it was interesting to me where you said you're kind of at that same area where my dreams hadn't been fulfilled, but I'm going to find what I am. And I think too many people just decide I'm not that and I'm going to try to search for a escape, whether it's drugs or alcohol or whatever but they're not searching for who they are and you know kelly was in your life and showed you that aspect but at the same time you decided i'm not gonna live like this i'm tired yes. of, i'm tired of this so you made the choice like back when you were talking about making the choice to exercise to work out because kelly or anybody else can't make that choice for you no. You know, you, it would have been just as easy for you to be angry and say, well, this is a fairy tale family. This isn't real. <laughs> right? Yes, no doubt. But you, you made that. And the skeptic probably could have looked at any, any small thing and said, see, look at there. You know, but I just saw it differently. And it's, uh, it's a great point, you know, when you talk about you had to make the, the decision because here's what happens when the when the rubber meets the road and things are certainly going to get difficult and tough at times how how committed are you if you didn't make the call oh if yeah. you didn't do it if you oh, didn't yeah. make the decision if this is someone else pushing or someone else coaxing you uh, you you're not gonna you're not gonna make it yeah it's not gonna work out well, it's just like every New Year's resolution. <laughs> yeah. You make, you know, because you somebody else says you got to make a New Year's resolution, and you work out for three months or whatever. It's it has to be a mindset that I'm going to change, that I can change, but I got to do the work. Yeah. You know, I see people all day have to do the work. They have pain. They want me to give them a pill. 
Yeah. Or do a shot and fix it all. Yeah. It's and I can good. do some things to make their pain less, but it's never going to get better if they don't make a choice to change. that I'm going to do yeah. something yeah. myself. Change is not easy, uh, but you can do it. It comes with small steps, at least for me, and uh, over many, many, many trials and errors and, and probably failures and, and wins. But, you know, that's probably been the catalyst to help me move on. But, you know, when I think about uh, being who you want to be, uh, going through the difficulties of making changes or, or seeing yourself in, in a true light and how you want to maybe improve or overcome it uh, you know why you know it makes me think okay what where where's my motivation what is going to drive me motivation can but I gotta have something day in and day out for this discipline how do you do that? Something you're pointing to. So let's talk ultra running. Because <laughs> you and I both have this desire to do some sort of an ultra marathon. Which, but every so often we get these little nags and <laughs> we, we were going to, you came to me and you said, let's run this hunk and holler 100. I said, oh no, I don't know if I can do 100. Let's do 50. No, let's do 50K. And then I pulled my groin. And I ran it with my wife, then you hold pull something in my hip was bothering me. But that's what you're talking about is something to point to and say something that is beyond me. I don't even like 5Ks anymore because, <laughs> no. yes, you know, that's the thing with, with 5Ks. I have this mental block it's because it's just about speed at that point now. Yeah, and I'm not that interested yeah. anymore. Yeah. Mainly because I can't keep it up. <laughs> but I've always been intrigued by the long distances because I love marathons. Well, but it's beyond like the endurance athlete. There is something that it just brings, you know, if someone thinks I'm an endurance athlete now, gosh, I can, that makes me feel as good as back in the day yeah you know going to be on the football field or the baseball diamond you know and right there is something intriguing about that and that's the, when you first brought up the 40 mile for a 40th uh high school graduation i thought this is crazy i've never even run a marathon before i'm not gonna be able to do this this man's run i don't know how many marathons he's been in the boston marathon He's been in Boston six, seven, eight times. And anyway, I was just, but it just goes to show, we said it, we decided on it probably, what, in January? Yeah, I think February. we probably had like a three month uh, gap before we did it, we and decided. I just thought to myself, okay, I've been running pretty good. I was doing the 75 hard at the time which is two workouts a day, every day. They gotta be at least uh, four hours apart from each other. And they have to be at least 45 minutes long. And one of them has to be outside. So my second workout was a run every day. It's and I was building up on that. So I thought, okay, 
this is I'm in pretty good running shape as far as I have been and uh, uh, okay let's just see if we can get there and uh, just kept pushing uh, thought to myself hey how you doing and I thought to myself okay I can't go run 20 miles 30 miles every week uh, just on a on a Saturday go do that pump that out but I can run every day I can run and push it get myself up to a good number and then I can my off the off my legs training maybe that will help I did some things that way but uh, this wasn't starting off from scratch either obviously you right. either we were we had already had a fitness level that was probably above most people our age and so you can get there you know we were able to get there right I actually felt pretty darn good the next day yeah I don't know I just I was surprised but you know it, it just like we talked about earlier it's about mindset because here's the thing we went out we got out there that Saturday morning coach Potter met us let us in the gym and we take off and there's not one other person that really cares if we finish no <laughs> I mean our families our families were following us watching us but we could have stopped 20 miles in no one would have known no one would have cared yeah not any of our classmates well a few were watching because we got Cantwell all fired up <laughs> uh, that's another story we <laughs> but you know nobody as far as I know there may have been five or ten people even knew we did it yeah but it was because we wanted to do it and that's the thing about getting in shape and getting fit now there's still things I want to do I want to run a 50 mile I want to run a hundred mile I want to run across the Grand Canyon well I want you know but if nobody else cares except me and, and someone like you that also wants to do those type things but that's that's just like I think people lose their fitness and get in these pain cycles and get in an aspect of life where they just don't feel good because they just don't have the mindset yeah that's what I you know people ask me all the time why do you run yeah why do you run I mean what's your response to that why do you run I think I run because for me it was an ultra uh, way of being fit um, being able to have some cardiovascular uh, and because it was something difficult for me uh, younger uh, I wasn't a great runner uh, when we had to do sprints and things I really uh, dreaded them and I and when that happens you don't run <laughs> yeah you don't do it good you don't put your effort into it and so it became a mind thing that I wanted to change a mindset there uh, I wanted to realize, realize that running for any athlete is important 
regardless of the sport. You've got to be able to run. You've got to be able to have the cardiovascular, uh, the stamina, and the mind over matter part of it. It's a big aspect because these runs are physical, but they're also mentally challenging a lot yes. of times. And you find out, can I make it? Can I push through? How much can I push through? It's life. It's And that becomes the reality of our lives. Yep. If you know you can push through the pain. Going yes. When life is throwing everything at me. You know, it's crazy. Our brains don't know the difference between physical pain and emotional pain. It's the same chemical reactions. I'll be on. We don't know the difference. Way. Yeah. And so, if you can train your brain to go through physical pain, it can go through mental pain through the same pathways. But it has to have that recognition that, wait, I know where I'm at right now. I know what I'm going through. I know I can get through. And that's, you know, that's the. I think the beauty of running, yes. people always ask me, do you think you're going to live any longer because you run? I'm not even worried about living longer. I'm worried about living better today Yeah, because I feel better Yes, every day. And I know that there's things I can go through because of what I've done out on the run. You know, my... This goes back to your drive, what can push you through the mental, physical parts of being an ultra-athlete uh, or, or endurance athlete, and you go, okay, when the chips are down a lot of times, what comes into my mind? What am I thinking? What, what do I start thinking about? Well, better not be food. <laughs> That's going to not get you through it. But something very sacred and dear to you. And the children. Uh, my wife. Oh, it's a deer weaver. Oh, cool. That is cool. That dude just running right in front. The little is going to stop and look at us. Yeah. And then she, oh, I wish I could run like that, weaver. Right out in the middle of the Yeah, look at the jumps. Oh, there's a buck. Oh, look at Look at that. The buck is chasing her. That's Smooth. awesome, isn't it? Smooth, Ryan. That is so cool. Is he going to catch her? I don't think so. She's getting with it. You know, it's funny when you see stuff like that. I was uh, I was in North Carolina running where my son's living. And I was running through the campus of uh, Wake Forest. And I saw this young man on the cross-country team just cruising. Yeah, and I told my wife, I said I saw eighteen today. So I saw eighteen today. Yeah, eighteen. Yeah. <laughs> it was a long time ago. But I saw it today, and it was fast and smooth. Man, that's what I so feel awesome. like. I look like. <laughs> it looks so cool when you see someone run like that. I but you know, we need to be listening to this. There may be somebody listening and saying. It's all well and good. Y'all have been running for a long time. You've done a lot of miles. <laughs> but all you got to do is start. That's all you have to do. Yep. Get up and walk. 
Walking is so beneficial. Start walking. You know, I That's used the to, first step. I used to not like to walk because I was on to run. But I love to walk now. I love walking too. And to be outside and see nature, just get up and walk, just move. Do something to move your body, move your mind, move your spirit. That's the thing about faith. You know what's crazy is there's so many studies nowadays on the benefits of prayer in pain syndromes. Yeah. Even with people that something? that don't believe in any particular faith, uh -huh. if they just pray with the belief that there's something bigger than them that created this. Yeah. You know, and this. We used to not think the mind was that big of a deal, but you know we know nowadays that you can actually change the structure of your brain into your ninth decade of life. You just got to get up and do it. Crazy, it is crazy. It's our bodies are so awesome, and that's you know I looked at my body as a failure in the beginning, uh, injuries, not as athletic, not as strong. Uh, you know, you compare yourself with other people and go, and all you'd see is the things that they had you yes. didn't have. Yeah, and we didn't even have social media. <laughs> exactly. You think how bad it would have been? <laughs> My goodness. But, you know, you, I, I got to a point where I, I realized, you know, this body I have is awesome. We, we are all blessed with a you know where we can run we can get out and our bodies will so many times cure and uh, fix a uh, fix itself and okay so you don't have an acl okay so you had a bad back or or you had uh bad feet or whatever or your lungs don't uh take in oxygen like you want to or whatever right i mean your body has such a great engine to adapt. It adapts and overcomes. Oh my gosh! It's and so I got where I looked at it as not a negative, but I looked at it as something great and positive uh, that I have this opportunity. I can get out. You know, I I can do this. Uh, so just looking at your body, realizing. Uh, great blessing that a creator had for us uh, so that we could experience things uh, in a in a world that we make our own path you know yeah. and that's it's it can be very difficult it can be lonely it can be depressing but it can be it can be so much more than that Oh, absolutely. You know, one of the things you said earlier, so many times, it was areas of pain that made you change. Yes. And that's why I don't think people understand they want to avoid pain. But it's always pain that makes us change and makes us better. we got to learn to accept the pain and almost, almost enjoy the fact that it's there because it is going to make us change if we look at it. Well, when you uh, do this run... I didn't think, oh my gosh, how far is he going to make me run tonight? 
you know, what are we going to be doing? Uh, I thought, what a blessing, what an opportunity, you know. These are tremendous podcasts that you you do for to uplift other people, to share a great message of faith and hope. Uh, what a great opportunity for for me to be in it. Man, I uh, really appreciate you coming out here and doing it, man. And it doesn't even feel cold, does it? No, I, I mean, no. We, we could keep going. But one thing to the end, you know, the pain part. Yeah. It's, this is something, like you said, so many of us want to just have the happiness, the, the joy, the good times, and yet, Pain is a part of this process. Absolutely. And a vital part. I have learned, and this kind of hit me when we got to COVID. I decided. Hang on just a second. We're going to have to go to part two because we're hitting an hour. Oh, we are. Oh, hang on. Okay, we had to take a little bit of a break there, but I'm going to let Michael finish what he was saying. Yeah. Um, when we got to COVID, obviously things changed for all of us. And there was less getting out. There was uh, more being in your home, figuring out how you're going to do things. And I thought, okay, I can kind of watch Netflix or get on DirecTV and just do that. Or I can have something else. And I had, uh, I decided that I wanted to, I guess the point was, I wanted to have a story. At some point in my mind, I, I came to, for my children, for my posterity, and between us, I wanted them to have a story. Okay, your grandpa, my dad, your great-grandpa, this is his story. And I really thought about that. And it motivated me. Oh, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. I decided, I don't know what it is, but I'm going to do something hard every day. Something difficult and challenging every day. Yep. And so each morning, I would get up 4 o'clock in the morning. And I would start these workouts and I would just go and go and go. And I was able to do some things that in my mind would never have could have happened in a million years. And things that I don't know that anybody else has ever done. Um, but it's something that I shared with my with my children. Right. Uh, that I, so I wanted them to know. What, what, what was going on, what, what, what I could do. That's possible. And what they could do. What right. is possible. Why? Well, like because so many people are sitting around watching TV, doing nothing. You know, I feel, I, some of the stories of COVID where people did these backyard ultras or ran around the block for miles and miles, there was so much opportunity yes. in that time if you just took advantage of it, you know. But so many people were so scared and so, you know, we're not going to get out. And, and I think that's thinking I think about that's a life lesson. Times and thinking yeah. about all these things that they were uncontrollable. Yeah, yeah. 
that's what it comes down to. We, we you know, I heard this thing the other day. It was so incredible. I heard it on a podcast, and it was saying, no, it was a book I was, I was reading, saying that stress is not a real thing. Stress is something that we've made up because stress, well, we think of a stress as the fight or flight response, right? So it, it kept us alive in dangerous situations, but nowadays we let that response be, oh, we got some bad news. Yes. And so what we feel as stress is our reaction to that. Yes. You know, and we can control our reaction. We can't control what happens. And I think when, when we are able to finally decide, it's my reaction that's going to that's gonna be, that's going to define me, right? You know, like people say, okay, COVID happened. You can't go outside. You got a shelter in place. You can't go outside and work out whatever. Okay, well, that's your original emotion is sadness or, or you know, your life is disrupted. But what's, what, how are you going to respond to that? Are you going to overcome it? Or are you going to respond in a way that, makes you stronger i think that's what it comes down to and doing something hard every day typically include going through something painful yep oh it has to yeah and so or or challenging you know have you ever heard of a misogi you ever heard of that no i have not heard of that okay so misogi is a uh i hope i'm saying it right i'll i'll put it out in the nose so it's this concept of uh it was started in uh, Japanese monks and the Masogi is basically it's basically a purification ritual so basically they go through this period of time of meditation and and study and then at the end of this they go to this ice-cold waterfall and they stand in the ice-cold waterfall and nothing but a robe, and that's like this purification <laughs> ritual, but it's painful. Oh, God. Right? <laughs> it's so painful. So yes. these guys had this idea. Oh. They, de- they, si- they decided they were going to do, they created this thing called the Masogi that they do. So every year, the principle is every year you do something incredibly hard. One time a year. Okay, maybe it's run 40 miles. Maybe it's go rim to rim of the Grand Canyon. Maybe it's climb a 14,000 foot peak. But the only rules are, the only rules are, in the Masogi, one rule is that there has to be a very high likelihood of failure. Oh, yes. It's not something that, okay, our Masogi can't be to run around Centennial Trail because we're not going to fail. We're, we're going to do that. It has to be something that's a very high likelihood of failure. Yes. And then the second rule is you can't die. Don't want to die. <laughs> and so these guys every year go out and do... Like one year, they uh, paddleboarded across the crossing between Catalina Island and uh, San Francisco. Okay, one year they swam across some crossing, but it's it's like kind of like what you're talking about. You're doing every day, but just to pick like something that you do, like we talked about earlier, a goal that you're going to say, okay, here's my goal, and I may not do it. If I may not. Easy. I may not. Yeah. I may not succeed, but I'm going to try and I'm going to do what I can. But it's got to be high enough. Yes. That you could possibly fail. Yes. But or you're going to do whatever, it. however, period of time that you do this for, will be something that you can look at and say, "Gosh, that was really difficult." Yeah. And you did it. And you, you did, did it. that. And well, even the point of the mistake is, even if you yeah. didn't, even if you yeah. failed, you it, tried. You tr- it was something great that you were yep. doing. Yeah. For whatever period worthwhile of time. doing. Yeah. And 
and we were from that you just don't realize uh the confidence the courage oh yeah that that can provide and and add to your life which goes to your point in of respect yeah that adds to our life it doesn't lengthen our lives maybe yep but it adds to the quality of our lives yes and that that's that's just something that i've learned to do now is do something hard day in and day out and it will carry you the rest of the day because yeah. nothing else is going to be that hard <laughs> i can go into these doctor's offices yeah. i can get yelled at i can get papers thrown at me and yeah. I say they're not going to work with us anymore and, yeah. and they can they can say that your company's crap or whatever and i can realize i can get through that yeah. because i've already done the hardest thing i was going to do that day and even though this run was challenging it's not it wasn't hard like you said right what i did this morning was already my hardest thing yeah and so i know whatever so give me whatever give me some ideas I tell me tell that. me tell me what you do what tell me it's like some of the things you do in the morning okay well this is for inspirational purposes to other people this is not to say look what i can do right um because i don't like that i think there's something very negative about about that that you have to be careful about right but you're giving but people you an idea want, what, you what, do want to inspire people at yes, the same time yes uh so there is a balance there um so it start like i said it started with covid i had i had been at the gym um before covid you know doing the typical weightlifting meathead kind of lifts right you know i'm gonna I'm gonna deadlift 500 pounds. I'm gonna bench press 250. I'm gonna I'm gonna do these things right. and feel really good about it the rest of the day. But you get in there and you start doing some different things, and and then someone says, you know, you you start planking or something at the end of your workout, and someone says, oh, you know what? Uh, uh, I did a seven minute plank. <laughs> okay. And you're going, seven minute plank. Uh, when I do 30 minutes, I can I do, about, when I do 30 seconds, I about die. I can do seven minutes, 10 seconds. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so you're going, you can do a seven minute plank. Okay. And this, for whatever reason, that stuck in my mind when we got into COVID and I started planking and I would, my wife would be, oh, you, you're not doing it right. It doesn't look right. You know, she would say things cause I'd be planking, you know, in the morning and she'd be getting up doing things and. And I'm still planking, and, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and I'd get where I could beat the seven minutes. I could go for, you know, 10 minutes. And yeah. I, got, I remember getting to 10 minutes and thinking, okay, just, just hold it for 10 minutes, ten, double digits. I mean, that would be incredible. You hold yeah. this plank for 10 minutes. That's an, unbelievable. I never thought I could do that. I mean, I never would think you could do that. Right. And, and, uh, and getting there. and just So how did you get there? Were you like... A, like every day, just a little bit longer, just a little every bit day. longer. Just every day, I did it. I did it part of my this workout routine, and I would just and I would plank, um, and I would stretch and um, in the mornings. In the mornings, you know what I've found is I have to have about two hours every morning. It, I have to have it to I do have two hours I, to I to read to. the Bible, to to pray, to meditate, yes. to do abs, to do some yoga. If I don't get a two hours, that's my favorite time of the day. It has, to, which it didn't to, used to be, but that's my favorite time. It's it's it leads to it's two hours sometimes more. Yeah. But from that, I was able to build up. 
and keep building slowly and slowly and slowly. And it was, it was a little bit embarrassing at times because someone would say, hey, what's wrong with your elbows? You know, your skin's all, you got all this worn out skin on your, yeah. you know, it looked like the people, the bottom of people's feet that never wore shoes, you know, <laughs> uh, and, and it was just all calloused up and everything. And, and it was because I would just, just go longer and longer and longer each day. And yeah. so I would be, so the month, so the week I would go, I'd say, look what I did this week as compared to last week. And, and everything just got longer. And, and eventually I thought to myself, um, we were somewhere, Meredith was swimming and I thought, okay, I'm going to beat my record of planking this morning. I went down to the gym from our hotel room and I said, I'm going to beat my record this morning. And I'm going to tell her because that's going to motivate her. She's going to say, yeah, I can do, I can do this. Yeah. And so I held it as long as I ever held. I think it was 30 minutes. And I was like, okay, I held this plank for 30 minutes. And I told her about it. And she didn't care. <laughs> she didn't really care. But, <laughs> but I, that was my motivation that day. But so that was able to build up. And I built that up. And, you know, a few people know. But I did, I did eventually beat the world record. Oh, wow. Of a plank. What's that? At the time, it was eight hours and... You planked for eight hours. I planked for more than... I've been planked for nine hours and 11 minutes. What did you ever On a Sunday morning during COVID. What did your elbows feel we like? Were having, we weren't having church. And that's what I did. I got up at three o'clock that morning and I had no idea that I was going to do that. But now I was doing routinely four hours yeah. at that point. And what so are you doing during this four hours? You're watching just... movies. You're I, I, I read lessons. I, I mean, like, like on your phone. Or... Yeah, I had my phone there. I'm watching movies. Sometimes I had a pad, but mainly it was my phone. Uh, sometimes listen to music. Sometimes I would. Uh, do a little video, and that day I did a video to to my kids. That's amazing. Um, but it was you know now I didn't call the Guinness Book of World Records or anything like that. I think I think it was eight forty or eight thirty was the record. Yeah, uh, maybe it was eight twenty. I think it was eight twenty six actually. Now that I think about it. So, and I got I wanted to get past that obviously, and then I got to nine hours, and I thought okay well. 9-11, I'm stopping at 9-11. Always, re always remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was easy to remember, so that's why. I so what can you do right now? I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. I probably could do 20, 30 minutes Man, now. Because I don't do it. But And the reason why I don't do it is because you treated me. I had that toe injury. Yeah. And I could no longer put pressure yeah. on my toe anymore. That's right. You had that weird toe injury. And that is right. so it stopped me from continuing to do that. I never um, even thought about that. The, the toe is in constant. Yes. Yeah, because you're constantly you're constantly yeah. Oh, yeah, extended. You're constantly bent. So wow. I didn't want to tell you exactly what happened <laughs> for my toe to get like that. But it's you know, awesome. But it just, so I, you know, but it was a constant deal of, doing something hard each day it led to something different but it it came to this point where okay i want this story for my children yeah i don't do that but now i do do 
I don't, I don't plank like that, but I do mountain climbers now. Yeah. Okay. And that's on your hands. Well, that's also hard on your toes. <laughs> it's on your toes again. And my toes not, I don't have that problem, but I, I went to those because I could only do it for a few minutes. Yeah. Even after, yeah. after. See, that's a cool thing because time. you can, when you can plank for nine hours and 11 minutes, do something else to build it up to prove yourself you can so yeah. i went to the so i went to the mountain climbers and i was only and i thought well i can only do it for four or five minutes you know uh and sometimes i couldn't do it for that because the cardiovascular part of it yeah but i thought okay there's cardiovascular to that and because you're moving your legs yeah back and forth and and yet you still have some upper body stuff yeah holding yourself yeah. up it's the whole thing uh, so that's my thing now. Yeah. I try to do it more each day. Um, I have a two hour and 22 minute. I think it's 2.22. It was two, two, two hours and seven minutes, which or two hours and six minutes, which was Meredith's birth date. So two six, but then I think yeah. I went to 2.22. Uh, I can do that. So I do that each morning. But I can do other things. So right. the time is not right. the deal. Yeah. But those are the kind of things you just wanted to leave a story, you know, yeah. for for your posterity, for your children. You want to, yeah, I want to. But also for yourself to show what, if I can do that, what can I not do? Yeah. You think to yourself, yeah. if I can do that, well, certainly I can go run a half marathon. Yeah. I can go run a marathon. I can do the 40 yeah. miles. So, so our Masogi that. for 2024 is we're going to do a hundred miler. We want to do it. That's going to be, do the that will miles. be our next podcast. We'll be podcasting from our hundred mile run in 2024, the, whenever that is. hundred mile. But we're going to wait until the ultimate. We're going to wait till it's not freezing cold outside. It will be painful. We will want to quit. It will be some, it will be some of the most challenging 30 hours probably that we've ever experienced in our life. So we're, we're going to do a two-minute podcast every hour, and that'll okay. be 60 minutes. <laughs> okay, then you get 60 minutes. Boom, there you go. <laughs> so, guys, I hope you've enjoyed listening to us. Ryan, we ended up going, what did we go, about six miles? I think we went about six. Yeah, we were right around about 10, 10 minutes. About six miles. We ran around. We talked about a bunch of topics. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you're inspired. And... Uh, I just wanted to say yeah. real quick, Dr. Weaver, Jack, I, I appreciate you so much. You are a great inspiration to me. Uh, Thank you. And I, it, you're in not just your words, it's been your deeds, uh, how you treat other people, how you take care of people in your practice. Uh, you've done that for me. I've seen you do it for my family. And well, and your family's taking care of me and my friends. And, and you've just been a great inspiration to me. I, I appreciate I love it, man. I appreciate you, man. Thank, thank, you. You. Thank, thank you. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Um, we will uh, we'll, we'll talk to Michael again when we're running our 100-mile run. <laughs> all right. appreciate all you guys listening, and uh, thanks for the podcast, Dr. Weaver. We, we love you guys. Oh, and by the way, I want to clear something up. Michael said we used to play behind the DeVille Motel. That's because John Barry's family owned the motel. We weren't That's just right. back there. <laughs> we weren't just back there. That's right. All right. We know we are everywhere we go. Yeah. Awesome.